Good morning. This is Ed again of Ed's Bookshelf. Today is part three of No Sad Song in My House. On the front of the row of the church, in the front pew, were Carol, Maybelline, Robert Jr. Behind them were others from the complex where the slaughters lived. Carol was crying profusely, at times uncontrollably. Maybelline tried to help comfort her, as did Robert Jr. Yet Carol cried and cried, falteringly stood up and attempted to walk over to the open casket. Throwing her arms over his chest, she bent to kiss his lips. Please come back, come back, she uttered in a pained, animalistic voice. For weeks after the funeral, Carol didn't speak. She sat at her window looking out and smiled a smile which really wasn't one. The clothing she wore was unkempt, her hair was disheveled, and her face was drained by tears and pain. Mother is sick, Robert Jr. said to his sister, looking at her from across the living room floor. I know, Robert Jr., I know, Maybelline responded while sitting down. What do we do, she asked. I think we should call Miss Rose from across the courtyard. She will know what to do, Robert Jr. said with authority. Mr. and Mrs. Rose were the oldest people in the apartment complex. Both were reported to be in their 80s, but no one really knew. They were also the sages of the complex whenever anyone in the complex needed information about any issue thought to be serious, they would go seek out the roses. Their ages earned them this respect. Besides, they were always right in their judgments. Mr. and Mrs. Rose came over as fast as they could. Entering the apartment, Miss Rose told Mr. Rose before he spoke to sit down. Obeying without question, Mr. Rose found a seat at the table. Robert Jr. and Maybelline also said, all knew without being told that authority was now in the room. Slowly, Miss Rose approached Carol. In a voice which had in times past made the fiercest of behaviors docile, she said, Carol, honey, you all right? Carol continued to stare out of the window and hum not aware of the closeness of her neighbor. Miss Rose slowly put her arm out and gently clasped Carol's hand. Carol never looked up at her, but only moved one of the aged hands slowly to her lips and kissed it. She held it there and suddenly the humming stopped. What replaced the humming was a low guttural groan Mr. Rose sat suddenly erect, 
Robert Jr. and Maybelline started to stand, but Mr. Rose motioned to them not to do so. Go call the doctor, Mr. Rose. Robert Jr. and Maybelline started to stand again, but he mentioned to them not to do it again. Go call the doctor, Mr. Rose. You know the one, she said gently. Mr. Rose hurriedly got up from his chair and left the apartment. Slowly removing her hand from Carol's, Miss Rose came over to the table where the two children were sitting. Taking their two hands in hers, she softly said to them, Your mama's heart is broken, baby. It's one of those things that's worse than a broken leg. Your mama won't be well for a long time. Why not, Miss Rose? Maybelline asked her. Because she loved too hard, Miss Rose said. You see, baby, when you love somebody so hard, there's a part of you that you give them. And the part that most people give away is their heart. It is the hardest part to get back. Your mama has got to get hers back from the grave. Looking at each other, then at Miss Rose, Robert Jr. said, We can help her, Miss Rose. What can we do? We want to help. What can we do? asked both of the confused children. Miss Rose looked at the two children and said quietly, Wait. The medical attendants and the doctor came for her that evening. Maybelline had put a coat on her mother and packed a small bag with some personal clothing inside it. Your mother will be at the hospital, the doctor said, using the word hospital, to attempt to conceal the commonly used name for where Carol was on her way. We will take care of her. Come visit on Sunday if you wish, he said as he followed the attendants leading Carol out of the living room. The complex residents were all outside watching as Carol was led away, groaning to the attendant. As Robert Jr. and Maybelline turned to enter the apartment, they heard ever so lightly a voice whispered to another's waiting ear. She is going to that crazy house, ain't she? Robert Jr. stopped. He dared not turn around and answer the voice for he knew deep inside of himself that it was true. The months of Carol's absence turned into years. Maybelline had blossomed into a young woman of 20, Robert Jr., 22. They both were working now, maintaining the small apartment they shared. Carol was still in the hospital. The last time they had visited her, she appeared to be getting better. Then again, it was never a question of strength that was lost. Many young men in the complex had started dropping by to see Maybelline. Robert Jr. had developed an intense and dangerous temper, which was demonstrated the more they would show up at the apartment unannounced. 
You keep those good-for-nothing dudes out of here, May, he would holler at her. She would reply back just as angrily, This is my apartment too, Robert Jr. These are my friends, not yours. They come to see me. They wrong for you, May. Don't you see? They just want one thing, he screamed. And what is that, Robert Jr.? You think that's all men want, don't you? May, May, I've got to protect you, he said, as he tried to get her to listen to him. Say, he shouted, I'm not like all other men. He gripped her arms with both of his hands. May, don't you know how much I care about you? You're, you're, the words wanted to rush out, but they wouldn't. They just wouldn't come. You're my baby sister. Let go of me, Robert Jr., she screamed. Let me go. She moved to a chair and sat down quickly. Tears filled her eyes. What is happening to us, she thought. She knew he cared. At times she thought too much. Sit here, Robert Jr., she said as she beckoned him to sit beside her. Slowly, he went to her side. Sitting quietly, he looked at the floor. Robert Jr., I know you're trying to protect me. I know you care. But your caring at times is like you're smothering me. I just want to enjoy myself some, that's all. I know what I'm doing, she took his hand, and not going to do. Okay. He lifted his head and slowly looked towards her. I know, May. It's well, it's like you're all I've got since Mama's away, and you know, he attempted to explain. She leaned over and kissed his forehead, then got up and went to her room. As he watched her leave, the tightness in his stomach churned. What a fool he was to feel the way he did, but he couldn't stop the churning when it was about May. The months passed slowly. As they did, Robert Jr. noticed that May was absent from the apartment more than usual. When he saw her at times, it was like she would sleep the entire evening away. One Saturday evening, she was sitting at the kitchen table with a dirty robe on that she had hurriedly thrown over herself. Her hair was loosely combed. Her face looked drawn as if she hadn't slept months. May, what's wrong with you? He said loudly. You look horrible. End of part three.